Welcome to Seven Trees, a podcast about Fircrest, the jewel of Pierce County. I'm your host, Joe Barentine. In each episode, we'll explore the stories, the people, and the happenings in this wonderful city. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Just a quick note of thanks to everyone who reached out to me after last month's episode dropped. I appreciate all the kind words and suggestions. A special thanks to all of you subscribers out there. If you like what I'm working on here, please tell your friends. Today, I have an update on City Council for you. We'll talk with Police Chief Ron Schaub, and I'll look ahead on our community calendar. If you have any events you'd like me to add to the calendar, please send them to me at 7 at gmail.com. We'll talk to the chief in a minute, but first, let's take a quick look at what's going on with City Council. At the January 23rd regular meeting, Mayor Pro Tem Nikki Bufford read into the record a Black History Month proclamation that was unanimously approved. Mayor Shannon Reynolds announced department liaison posts for the other members of City Council, and the City's Community Development Director, Mark Newman, talked about the draft comprehensive plan that was posted to the City's website, cityoffercrest.net, and was scheduled to be discussed at the Council's joint meeting with the Planning Commission on February 6th. The website um, for the 2024 plan has been updated. It has the draft plan, um, a user guide I created um, in conjunction with BHC on what's changed in each of the elements or chapters. Um, there's a jot form survey as well as a paper survey, um, which will be printed out and available uh, at the community center and city hall. The comprehensive plan or comp plan as it's known is a planning document that provides a vision for the future of the city along with the steps necessary to get there. I highly recommend spending a few minutes filling out the survey to make sure your perspectives are represented. Coming up in February, the council will have their regular meetings on February 13th and 27th. The study session is on the 20th due to the Monday holiday, and the council is expected to take a deep dive into current policing policies and discuss the use of traffic cameras. Meeting agendas are posted at the city's website at least 24 hours ahead of time, and printed copies are available at City Hall. Community comments are taken at the regular business meetings. Welcome back to Seven Trees. We're talking with Chief Ron Schaub. I'm going to butcher that name, and I'm sorry. That's probably a good German pronunciation right Schaub? there. Schaub. I think that's probably the true German pronunciation. <laughs> Ron is the new police chief in Fircrest. Took over for John Cheeseman, uh, who had done the job for many years. Uh, I thought we'd have a, a conversation and just kind of get to know Chief a little bit. Chief, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, man, I'm, the, I'm that small town kid, you know, having grown up in uh, between Ashford and Eatonville. You know, that it was, it, as we were talking earlier, it's, it's a different era. You know, growing up, listening to my grandparents and my great-grandmother, you know, they, uh, my great-grandmother's family were immigrants from Germany, and so we're homesteaders out in the Ashford area and, and uh, you know, Grandpa grew up up, uh, up there between Morton and LBN Ashford, you know, working in the uh, in the woods. That's what he did. He cut timber during World War II. Uh, and uh, just being a small town kid, you know, when you grow up in those little tiny communities, you're, you know, your neighbor kid is a mile away and you don't really think about it. You know, when you grow up on 80 acres, you did a lot of things by yourself. And then uh, moving into Eatonville, and, which was to us the big city, you know, now you laugh about it, but it, it was the big city, and my stepdad was the principal at the elementary school, so you couldn't really get away with anything in school growing up because he heard about it pretty quickly. But it, it, you know, it was it was fun. It, it was a different era. You know, the early '80s going to high school was just so different uh, than now. Things that were concerns back then were are not the concerns of of today. 
but uh, you know, getting a chance to grow up in, in a great little small town and a small community and going off to college and going to the big city of Seattle because I went to Seattle Pacific my first year before I ran out of money and had to transfer to Central and finished up my four-year degree over at Central, which I loved Ellensburg. It was, again, another small community, uh, and it just that just kind of fit. And then not knowing what I wanted to do, my, 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 uh, my real dad was a, uh, was a CPA by trade. And that gene was pretty quickly apparent that that gene skipped me. <laughs> my stepdad was in education. My uncle was in education. So I started going down uh, you know, that pathway and realizing it just didn't feel like it was a good fit. And not knowing what I wanted to do, I had thought about the military for a lot of years. So I, uh, I didn't go to ROTC. I enlisted after I uh, graduated at Central and did three years in the Army out at Fort Lewis. And at the end of Desert Storm, I said, okay, this, I'll check this one off. It was worth serving my country, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a career for me. It wasn't not a good fit. And uh, did sales for a few years until I was uh, in my late 20s. And uh, I was sitting, uh, I was doing sales out in Denver at the time. And uh, I, I'm just like, yeah, this isn't what I really signed up for. I was spending three weeks a month out of state. And uh, we were pregnant with our oldest daughter at the time. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't really what I want to do. So I called a friend of mine who had been with the Pierce County Sheriff's Office for years and said, John, how do you do this? And, uh, you know, and started down that pathway. I started in Lakewood. That was my first assignment as a young deputy and spent 28 years with Pierce County. Did a lot of really fun stuff from, you know, being a, a patrol sergeant and supervising a crime analyst unit to working out in the Eatonville office, you know, that kind of where I grew up at, spent almost 10 years total out there. Uh, patrolling the rural part of the county and then getting picked up as a, as a contracted chief to the town of Stolicum. So that was kind of my first stint as doing the chiefly things, which it's different to be a supervisor at a big agency to then go over and take over a, a small agency with no county employees. So what did you, uh, what did you take from, with you from the Stolicum job? I mean, like, why did you want to do this again? <laughs> you know, I, I think... I, I think when you hit that seven or eight year mark as an officer, you know, you see a lot of negative and you see the underbelly of society and you sometimes can lose sight that most people are good people. They just want to work hard, come home and enjoy their family. Don't steal from me. Don't damage my property. But they're generally just good people. And you, I think, in, especially in the law enforcement world, uh, you see the, the dark side of of what humans are capable of, whether it's a domestic violence call, a robbery, a homicide, um, you know, strong, uh, home invasions. You, you deal with that and you're dealing with it in a really concentrated environment. I think you, you can get to the point, it's like, man, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is, am I really helping? And I think that's one of the challenges is, you know, people get into the work because if you sit on enough oral interviews, you realize people say, well, I want to serve my community. I want to help people. Sometimes the system isn't really geared to give you what you think the value proposition is. And, uh, but I, after I promoted to sergeant, I realized, ah, you know what, I can, I can mentor people. I can, I can help set a course, a vision for, for an agency or an organization and, and take on those hard problems, whether it's fixing, fixing a, uh, a staffing model or fixing a culture or trying to rebuild something because, you know, especially now, so many agencies have lost people. Everybody is hurting for people. And those that remain, and, you know, you're trying to rebuild that team, you're trying to 
encourage them and say, hey, you know, there, it, we will have a better day where you're not working all these extra hours to just try to provide the staffing. Uh, that about that, uh, you know, going into that is kind of where I kind of felt like I found my niche. It's like, okay, you know, I could make a difference. Uh, sometimes when you're working out on the road, you don't always see that you're making a difference. Just a quick editorial note here. With the chief's permission, I've edited our conversation for brevity. However, we touched on a lot of topics, and I think you can get a pretty good sense of who the chief is and what his priorities are from the entire conversation. So I'll publish that entire conversation on this feed in a few days. I guess people want to know, Yeah. what did you find here and uh, how's it going? Oh, what did I find here? What I found was somebody like Chief Cheeseman, who, you know, is an iconic figure in Pierce County law enforcement. Now, you know, most people don't stay in the business 40 plus years and they don't, you know, literally grow up live and work in a community um, from you know being a patrol officer to a sergeant to a chief um, and that was you know, that was one of the things I had to wrestle with coming here is that I mean I knew those were big shoes to fill but you know that was one of the things is like okay that you know my style is very different from John's and there isn't there isn't a right or wrong style and, and you know I love sports and it, it's interesting when you see these coaching changes like we just experienced and you start saying, well, okay, you know, Pete Carroll was here. He was very successful. But what's the next guy? There isn't a right choice. The next guy is going to have a very different perspective, a very different style, might have some similarities. But that is a, that's a process of, of everybody kind of adjusting. Um, you know, I'm much more introverted than, than he was. But, you know, he did some things. Uh, building community, I mean, he was fantastic at that. Can you talk a little bit about um, the makeup of our staff? We have, like, how many officers currently and what are we hoping to get to we're authorized 10 i don't think they've been at 10 or even nine for years yeah that's true i think when i was on city council we authorized the 10th officer yeah and we uh, and at that point we were still looking to hire the ninth at yeah. that point so. and i think if you if you wound the clock back i think there was a point in the distant past probably in the mid to late 2000s where they had 10 and i think the downturn in the and in, in the real estate market when they couldn't fill a vacancy, it got absorbed back in just because you, know, you got to try to make budget. Yeah, back in 08. Yeah, or nine, I, I think it there. was in that range. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, we are at nine trying to get the 10. Great. And that's always the, the, the trick. You know, when, with the sheriff's office, we called it a relief factor, but we knew that at any one moment in time, 15 to 18% of staff would be unavailable. And that was typically 70 to 80 bodies out of a 300 and some person department, uh, whether it was vacancies, injuries, military. And we're lucky we don't have some of these things. But that is the, the trick is trying to find, figure out what's the balance between staffing levels, call volume, and this idea around you know, relief factor. Because if we lose somebody to retirement, it might legitimately take a year to replace them. Yeah. Which puts a lot of strain on the rest of the staff because we're not fat. We're very lean. Crime in Fircrest. What are the trends? Where are we at? Uh, wh what are you seeing uh, over the last several months uh, in Fircrest? You know, coming through the holiday season, vehicle prowling, breaking into cars. Now, breaking in means they might be left unlocked, but people going into cars and stealing things out of there has been really big. Motor vehicle thefts, obviously everybody's heard about the Kia and the Hyundai stuff. 
that's real. Um, we've seen a lot of Kias stolen. Uh, thank goodness for social media because it's doing such great things for people. Uh, but that you know that that's been one of the big things is is stuff getting stolen out of people's cars, stuff being stolen off of people's porches. Uh, you know, after Amazon drops the package, it's, there's people driving around trying to steal that stuff. Uh, those have been big things. You know, I think people that are that are uh, out on the roadways, even if you're not commuting to work, you can see the level of aggressive driving that's going on statewide. It's not like it's a localized phenomenon. How can people increase the, the security of their homes and their property? You know, I, I, I mean, I have an alarm system. It doesn't have to be monitored, um, but I know ring cameras are fantastic. Um, I think, you know, especially during my time when I was with the town of Stilicum, you know, as a heavy retiree community, it was amazing when you had somebody get something stolen or broken into. If you went around and canvassed the neighbors, there was usually a decent chance that one of the neighbors was around or had security footage, and we caught a lot of folks by just being your brother's keeper, paying attention to who's in your community. You know, if you're going to call someone in a suspicious person, I know that this happens uh, where, well, they don't belong here. Well, why don't they belong here? I think that's a slippery slope, and you have to be very careful that you aren't just looking at people. Have something articulable. Well, what are they doing? Are they looking in mailboxes? Are they looking in car windows? Are they going up to doors, ringing doorbells, knocking on the door, walking around to the back of the property? Stuff that you can say, oh, they might be trying to prowl or do some surveillance for nefarious intent. But be careful about just calling people in because they don't belong here. Have something more than that because you don't want to go after people that haven't done anything suspicious. They just don't fit what you think should be walking around in the community. So just to clarify, walking on the sidewalk in front of your home. It's not a crime. It's not a crime. It's okay. not a crime. That's good. I like that. Because the, you know, who gets the negative impact of that? Well, you are stopping me because of something else. Maybe it's my ethnicity. Maybe it's because I'm, you know, unhoused. I mean, there can be a lot of reasons. And it, it, again, there might, be, there might be some reasons for us to identify you, but some of the negative stereotypes and connotations can come back onto the officers if there's not something that you would say is reasonable suspicion that you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I, I don't think most people think about that. They just think, ack. Yeah, and then, and and sometimes the act might be valid. I mean, sure. I do think God gave us that little EBGB feeling for a reason. But you know, if you have that feeling that something's out of place, pay close attention and don't make excuses for what you're seeing. But seeing is like, okay, what are they really doing? And you know, when you start to get into the spring and summer, you'll start to see people come up that they're maybe selling magazine subscriptions door to door or that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so you'll see a little bit more of that. But just, again, pay attention and, and see what's going on in your neighborhood. And, you know, is there a car that pulls up and they start walking through the neighborhood? That's worth watching. Yeah. That's all good stuff. Thank you. I think that's the thing that I see on social media the most, right, is people are just worried about their stuff. Yeah. Uh, they're people. I mean, I'm always worried about my family more than anything. The house alarm is a good thing. I, I have one, too. Yeah. Uh, I would take this moment to point out that there is a, a permit fee in Furcrest. <laughs> for, for a house alarm, yep. then I suggest you check out the city's website, cityoffercrest.net, for more information. <laughs> Is there anything else we should talk about today? 
my passion is around leadership and leadership development. And we invest a lot of that. We've started investing in a lot of that just internally. Um, you know, developing staff, uh, looking at a lot about, uh, again, if you're trying to create a destination agency and you're setting the standard of, you know, uh, of trying to set the standard of excellence in small city policing, how do you go and do that? How do you build that out? How do you build great leaders? How do you build on succession planning? You know, the, the city manager ultimately decides, you know, someday we all have shelf lives. Uh, you know, the next chief who comes in, you know, are you handing them off a well-oiled Ferrari? Or are you handing them, you know, this, the 1970 straight six Ford that needs a little bit of work and a little bit of paint? And the goal is to leave them something that is an amazing team that, because uh, anybody coming in, uh, you have to take that on. Or do you have somebody internally that you can begin to develop to at least present the city manager and the council with a viable internal option. Uh, small teams, it's, it's hard, but you know that doesn't mean you don't try to develop the best leaders possible. So we're gonna be doing a lot of investment in that, is just developing staff. Chief, thank you for making time today and uh welcome you to your uh, your office here to the cave <laughs> to the cave i love it um uh, i look forward to our next conversation and good luck going forward thank you there's always a lot going on around here so here's a few things to keep an eye on the ninth is the daddy daughter dance ballots for the school levy are due by 8 p.m February 13th, a Black History Month event will be held at Roy H. Murphy Community Center from 1 to 2.30 on February 25th. The pool party room will begin renting for the summer on February 28th. If you have an event or activity coming up that you'd like me to add to our calendar or a question about Furcrest that you'd like me to look into, send an email or voice memo to 7treespodcast at gmail.com. That's all I've got for today's episode of 7 Trees. I'd like to thank Chief Schaub for spending a few minutes with us today. Look for more of that conversation in the feed in a few weeks. Stay tuned for future episodes where we will continue to explore this incredible city and its people. Thanks for joining me and have a great day.